Thanks for listening to Just the Basics. I know we have been gone for a long time, and you guys might not remember who we are, might not have ever listened to us before, but for the people that have listened to us, thanks for coming back. I'm Tommy. I'm Matt. And I don't know if we're keeping the beat once a week anymore or not. I don't know. We got we might change that. We're not sure. <laughs> we're keeping the beat once in a while, dragging, not rushing. Lately, we've been dragging our feet a lot, yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah. But life happens there's all sorts of crazy stuff that's happened like my wife had a baby he's seven months old now did you have a baby yeah well i didn't push him out but (laughs) (laughs) she doesn't listen to this so she won't get mad at me so we wanted to relaunch this uh this podcast though we're we're recording this earlier than we're posting it of course so like we're right in the middle of all this coronavirus stuff quarantining in our homes and we got nothing to do indeed I mean, I'm furloughed from work. At least Matt can kind of work from home. Something like that. Yeah, we got some time on our hands, though, so we figure we're going to start getting back into this thing. We have a new, uh, I I guess, format, I guess is what you'd call it, uh, that we're going to start off on this episode here. This is the premiere episode. We're calling it the flip side. This is side A. So what we're doing is we're taking albums and we're uh, taking it as if it was a record. We have side A and side B on your records. And so... We'll be taking these side A, we're going to tell the story of the record, where it came from, the artist, that sort of thing. And then side B, we'll kind of dive into the music a little bit. Hopefully everybody will listen along with us and we can uh, kind of go through a journey together because this is this is cool. We're listening to stuff I normally would not have listened to on my own or would not have spent this much time thinking about. You're not kidding. Yeah, I don't remember the last time. It's probably been since college, since I listened to an album this detailed. Yeah, and also the uh, the the part about an album you wouldn't normally. So you'll see what we mean uh, soon. If you don't remember, both of us are trained jazz musicians. Uh, we both mm-hmm. graduated with a jazz degree, so we can be rather snobby when it comes to music. And uh, even though this year I've truly committed to being a nicer musician and not being so much of a Simon Cowell and just appreciate all music and let it give me a smile... Uh, there's still times that pop music really peeves me the wrong way, and um, hopefully that will give you guys some amusement when I'm jittering in my boots over <laughs> how stupid some songs can can be. And um, you'll hear about that probably inside B of the episode following this one. Oh, you'll definitely hear about it. Definitely <laughs> will. 
That's going to be the fun thing about this because you'll be able to see different opinions on this because I tend to be a little more open to other ideas than Matt. Not that he's not, but I tend to try to give people the benefit of the doubt more so than he does. But you'll you'll learn on this journey with us. You'll see, you'll get to know our personalities and hopefully you guys will engage in the conversation too. Just imagine that I'm here with a gigantic hammer and then the album is on the desk and there's a good chance that it does not survive the end of the till the end of the episode unless it just happens to be a Miles Davis album. Then it's probably pretty good. We'll definitely do albums that we love and enjoy, but I feel like yeah. it's going to be a lot more entertaining for you guys for us to use a lot of popular albums that are um, more modern and current instead of just going through the backlog of a bunch of jazz standards and going into detail about those. We'll do those sometimes because we love to talk about that sort of a thing. And we hope that you guys like to hear about that in um, more complicated music that can really teach you to be a better musician. Not that there's nothing to be heard in these pop albums that we'll talk about and other such things, but uh, let's just say it's not as educational as um, a, a good old jazz improv solo. <laughs> yeah, but let's hope it's a little entertaining at least. <laughs> entertaining is definite, yes. Yes. So without any further ado, the record for this week's version of Flipside is going to be Romance by Camila Cabello. Not bad. I think you got it. <laughs> I think I said that right. I was trying really hard to. <laughs> so let's go through, uh, talk a little bit about this. Camila Cabello is, I'm just going to call her Camila from a lot on. It's a lot easier to say. Just do that. Yep. <laughs> She's Cuban American. She was born in Cuba, but lived in Miami for a while. She hit the music scene in 2012. Yeah, 2012, when she joined a group called Fifth Harmony that mm -hmm. performed on the show X Factor, which I didn't remember the, what X Factor was. I had to look it up. Apparently, it you, did like you three don't seasons. Remember? Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, I don't remember at all. I mean, once I uh, saw who it was, so it's Simon Cowell and Mario Lopez. Once I saw that, it made sense. I was like, oh, okay. I, I do vaguely remember that now. It's one of those. That's what it is. It's one of those. Yeah, there's so many of them, but she was on the first season. Oh, that's how. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that's what Fifth Harmony was from. Mm -hmm. I remember it being uh, them being a big deal. And but I didn't realize that <laughs> that that's where they really came from. I thought they just kind of came out of nowhere trying to be sort of like a uh, uh, a Destiny's Child or something. Yeah, I think they won the first season. Maybe Probably. not. I can't remember if they won or not. I didn't. Apparently, I didn't do a good enough research on this, but. <laughs> oh, who cares? That's not her group. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> she left that group in 2016, so who cares, right? Forget them. <laughs> yeah, so she left them in 2016, and she, like, when she left them, she mostly did, like, collab stuff with people. So she sang, like, as a featured artist on different albums and stuff, but she had her first uh, album self-titled Camila in 2018 and man for a first album that's incredible she debuted at number one for that on the Billboard Top 200 hmm. I can't imagine that I would love that yeah that would be nice especially considering I listened to it and I feel like it wouldn't take that much yeah well I mean that's a song the song Havana was on there yeah and that is a good song I I do like that song and they put a ton of work into that too I was reading up a little bit on that that song was the one song on the album they were like, this has to be perfect. I felt like it took the most advantage of her being 
Cuban American. Like I, I think that that's something that she should lean into a little bit more, mm-hmm. just because it. Um, it we'll talk about that more later. Continue. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I think you're right on that. Like, th- so this album we're talking about romance. They actually, so just after her first album was released, MTV did an interview with her, and she started talking about the next album in that interview. Like, it had just debuted, and she's already talking about the next album. She already knew what she wanted to call it and everything, so she already knew it was going to be called Romance and whatever. So she called it Romance. She described the album as she wanted it to be a representation of what it's like to fall in love. How, how, how catchy, indeed. Yeah, I, it's kind of a generic theme. I mean, everybody writes love songs and whatever. Yeah, I mean, I I got that by the end of the album. That I mean, <laughs> that that was the point. That it was a bit conceptual. But we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more later and see what we both think of that concept. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, we'll we'll hold off on that. I have a lot to say about that. Okay, cool. I I really do. I, most of what I had to say was about the concept of the album. <laughs> awesome so according to camila oh no i already read that part <laughs> it was released in, <laughs> whoops see it's been a while since we've done this guys <laughs> it was released in december of 2019 on december 6th uh, but this is the craziest part to me about this album matt it had six singles released and that's almost half yeah, it is. And I think once you realize that, I think it, the rest of the album makes a lot of sense. Like our criticisms of the album, which I'll put this out there first. I generally like the album. I thought it was good. Her voice is wonderful. Yeah, I th- I think in the end, I'm still a thumbs up on like the the one to ten scale above a five. But yeah, in general, I think my criticisms are going to be based on it as an album versus the the individual songs and i and i think that the fact that there's a six single release is part of the reason that it suffers um mostly just because it's so apparent as you're listening to it that this is a single album instead of the concept that it it definitely has it's it has a bit of a crisis but it's not like it's uncommon for pop singers to release in in singles just because i mean it's been like that for before we were born but maybe not this many singles (laughs) but when you release six singles what it did to me is it kind of the album felt mostly coherent but it was a little fragmented as far as uh even the theme i felt like was a little more fragmented than what she wanted it to be and yeah. I think that's because of there being six singles. So they released two of the singles on the same day in September of 2019, September 5th. They released Shameless, which hit number 60 on the charts, and Liar, which hit number 52 at their peak. I'm surprised that Shameless was that low. Yeah, that I thought that's that would like have been low overall Liar. in the world, but I would have thought that would have been one of the bigger hits from the album hearing it. Mm hmm. So that's a bit surprising. I'm not surprised that it's the first one, even though it's the first of uh, the first song of the album. It's a little odd that the first single was the first song on the album. But um, it's that's just really weird to me that of these singles, that's like the lowest one. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I really like that song. 
I didn't like Liar as much, so I was kind of surprised by that. Yeah, that's shocking to me that it did better. Like, that's... I can't even... Oh, oh, now I remember how it goes. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> it took me a moment to remember. I remember Shameless, and yes. I know what I like about it. And, mm-hmm. th- like, I like Liar, and we'll talk about that later, but I am shocked that it did better. Yep. And then, uh, so that was in September. And then October, so almost exactly a month later, she released uh, Cry For Me, October 4th. And that got all up to number 10. That is beyond shocking to me. Yeah, I'm is... surprised by that one too. I guess our tastes are just different than what we should be. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess according to the rest of the world that we have bad taste. <laughs> That or we're just we just like a deep dive, even though we like the first song on the album. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's not and, even a deep dive. <laughs> I know. And then a week after that, she released "Easy," which got to number fifteen. Why is that one a single? I'm not really sure. Um, mm. <laughs> and then the last one that she released before the album dropped was "Living Proof." Which I'm not surprised that one's a single. That one makes sense as a single. I knew that before this. Right. I went, uh, this episode. And um, I don't know if I ever actually heard any of the others, but I knew Living Proof front to back, and I don't know where. <laughs> you probably heard Shameless. You've probably heard that I don't one think somewhere. I did. That felt really new to me. Really? And, okay. Um, and I, I knew Havana because, I mean, most people do, but Living Proof, I knew that song front to back. I think it... It's on one of uh, my my wife Bethany's uh, playlists, and I probably <laughs> put it there. So it probably came up in Spotify because right. we share the same account, and she listens to a lot of pop. So it probably came up in Release Radar, and I liked it because we'll we'll talk about that in the B side. I know we keep saying that, but yeah, that uh that song I knew really well, and um, I'm not surprised that that one's a single at all. It's right. a good one. So if all these other things have been like a mixture of surprise and not surprise. I think this one will really surprise you, Matt. Uh, the next single that was released was after the album was released. It was a month after. So January 6th of this year, 2020, they released My Oh My as a single. Did, was it like a, a remix in any way or with remixes? I don't know about that. Because maybe that would be, that would explain why Like I didn't look into that. I mostly focused on listening to this album over and over and over again so i can contribute a lot in the the b-side episode but that that isn't that weird to me because of the song because it is probably the catchiest um on the album it's just it is a little bit weird that it's after the fact besides that it makes a great single uh, yeah yeah it is it is very much a single and um i feel like that the reasoning for that is just because of uh, the way that singles really make money for the artists nowadays. So instead of the album, so it, it makes sense to me for pop music that uh, you put it there. I think I know another reason why it might have been released afterwards. So that song was the only one on the album that had a guest artist besides the one with Shawn Mendes. Oh. And the Shawn Mendes one was a re-release of his song. So... That she yeah, was a guest I barely song. count that for being on the album, but mm. right. So because my oh my had a guest artist, that's probably why they featured it as a single afterwards. 
that entirely is uh, that has to be the reasoning i don't even remember who the the guest is or where they fit into that song to be honest the baby that's who the guest is the baby okay i guess we'll i might have to like listen to it again to listen for who the baby is uh you can't you probably just don't remember how remember much about that song because you can't deny his part in there <laughs> is there a rap in there yeah he raps in the middle of it Oh my goodness, and I haven't noticed it every time. That's funny. You I, need to listen to that I, one again. <laughs> here's a disclaimer for the listeners. I also discovered Childish Gambino's newest album mm-hmm. like shortly after we decided on uh, doing this album for this episode. And I've been listening to that album religiously like m- multiple times a day. And I never do that with an album. I love the heck out of it. And so a lot of my musical attention has ended up on that album. So I'm sorry, Camilla. That uh, I totally missed out on your guest rapist on my oh my because I thought I knew this album pretty doggone well, but I don't remember that. <laughs> should you apologize? Should you should you apologize to Camila or to the baby? I don't know. <laughs> well, the baby, um, he has his own issues according to his name. So, um, and also he was on this song. So he definitely has his own issues because if he saw these lyrics and still agreed to be in the song, come on, bro. <laughs> That's so Oof. funny. It's a catchy song, but we'll talk about what yeah. I hate about that song. So I guess that leads pretty well to the next thing. <laughs> she wrote over 80 songs for this record. Impressive. She's the primary songwriter on all of them. Writing that many songs for a record is really common nowadays because you, sure. you might have, yeah. I mean, you got people that are dedicated writers. That's all they do is write songs and then they mm-hmm. sell them to artists. And so you might have someone write a song for Rihanna. Rihanna passes on it. So they send it down to uh, <laughs> Beyonce or whoever, you know, or to Camila or whoever they want to send it to. And so Did they get somebody to buy it. you put Beyonce, a totem pole lower than Rihanna? <laughs> I don't know. That's not what I'm on I meant our to music do. podcast that we post in public. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for the record, no, that wouldn't be my totem pole of tear, but <laughs> he just couldn't think of another chick that would sing a Rihanna. Well, song. I didn't okay. want to say down. Camila right away, but you know, <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know if Rihanna has done anything in years. Anyway, well, you could write it for Rihanna and then give it to Jordan Sparks, I guess, something like that. That would oh, make sense. Oh my gosh, why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, face it, once the producer gets a hold of the song, it's not going to be anything like what the original song was. That's true. And I feel it like changes. this is this is also a producer's album and I, we're about to get to that. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I thought it was pretty cool that she, she, she wrote that many songs, though, because it shows that she really was passionate about this, put a lot of effort into it. I agree, and I appreciate that she can put in that much effort and that she has that many ideas. I only am concerned for those, uh, let's see, it was 14. There's a lot of songs that uh, did not make it to this album, and there are still some songs on this album that I don't think should be there. So what on earth are in those notebooks that uh, were rather just gems that they passed up on for some stupid reason? Or does this girl just pump out a lot of (laughs) you-know-what? Because that is a lot of songs. I've been writing a lot during this quarantine but I'm I'm not even halfway to eighty. I, I mean, this is over a huge period, but still. Well, Ooh. yeah, I mean, this the recording for this record 
This is crazy to me. It's probably, it's not uncommon, I'm sure, but it just doesn't seem like the way I would do it. It took a period of 10 or 11 months to record everything. Honestly, that sounds fast to me. So I don't think so because she finished recording in October and then released it in December. So that's what sounds fast to me is that quick turnaround for the last songs that they did. Sure. Because in my mind, when you go in to record an album, like if I were to do it because studio time is expensive and I don't have a record label to back me up, if I Mm -hmm. wanted an album, I would have my 12 or 14 songs or 10 songs picked out beforehand and I'd go in and try to record it in a week, you know, because of trying to save the cash. I don't think that she's lacking cash, though. No, she's not at all. And this is another crazy thing about this. She recorded in eight different recording studios. So it took 11 months and basically what is, I I don't, this is probably not how it happened. So don't get mad at me if I'm wrong. But the way I imagine it happening is that she was like going on tour doing stuff and being like, oh, we're going to put this song. I'm just going to stop in the local studio. (laughs) That's how I imagine it. I'm sure it's not what it was because she did three studios in the UK, one in Nashville, one in LA, one in Beverly Hills, and then two studios in Sweden. I mean, it's possible that you're not wrong. I would think that it's more likely that it's about uh, where the producers were that she was working with and like the where she could fit her schedule. Exactly. I think I think it's a, like a combination of what she just said, that she was already traveling and uh, she's probably pretty loaded at the moment from being on top, at least as loaded as a musician can be. Um, so might as well take advantage of having the cash to go around. And I mean, right. if the album is anything to uh, to talk by, she certainly does get around. So um, it's not surprising <laughs> that she'd be recording this many locations. Um, sorry, C- Camilla, but why on earth did you put this many relationships into one oh album? Oh my gosh. Either that or one relationship was really complicated. I, I mean, I guess it, I don't know. I don't. Well, she's with Sean Mendez right now. I don't know if they're really uh, if they're married or not. The last uh, the the last song of the album would indicate that they are. But I don't know about that. Um, yeah, I don't know either. I didn't see anything about that, um, which is real weird, actually, which actually makes me hate that last song a whole lot more. But we'll get to it later. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny. Um, so the next thing about this album that I thought was crazy Well, I guess it's not crazy, but it is interesting. And it's uh, due to the fact that it was recorded in eight different studios and everything. But there were 24 different producers listed. In my opinion, that's excessive. But I'm going to assume that it's just because producer was close by, therefore had to be credited. But to me, in my mind, that sounds ridiculous. Yeah, but here's what it could be. So like the main producer on there, I think, was Frank Bell but I I might be wrong on that. He was listed on more songs than anybody else. But what, I mean, to get producer credits, you could be the sound engineer and say, well, why don't you uh, do the the bridge this way instead of like that and just suggest one thing and now you're a producer for the song. So it could have been anybody in the room or it could just be somebody that happened to be there who stepped in while they're recording and made a suggestion. These sorts of things and the uh, the big up and ups of music, like we said, remember, we're jazz musicians. We gig and make really good music uh, in your face. We don't deal with these behind the se- all this behind the scenes money nonsense. So, um, yeah, we're just looking at the numbers and 
commenting on the fact that 24 producers sounds like a, just a couple pairs of hands too many for, uh, and it, it really shows. Yeah. I, I think you can kind of see that a little bit in there for sure. Yeah. Um, so now on to what this album did as a whole, because we talked about the singles. The um, the whole album debuted number three on the Billboard Top 200 in the United States. That's impressive. Um, which I, I don't know what a lot of these numbers mean. Uh, <laughs> it says it, with 86,000 album equivalent units, including 54,000 pure album sales... So, I assume album equivalent means it's not just selling CDs. It's also selling the digital version. Well, I don't know. It, that could be what it means, but there's no way she sold 54,000 hard copies in today's world because people just download it. They stream it. That's true. So what what is a stream equivalent? These are things to not learn about because I don't care. So right. this is what the next thing says. So the... Uh, the 54,000 album sales would include digital copies that are sold, like on iTunes if you actually buy the album. She had 30,000 stream equivalent sales. So from streaming it, it equated to 30,000 sales as far as income, I guess. But Matt, do you know how many streams you need to have 30,000 equivalent album sales? No, no, no clue. It, it's a big number. 40.6 million streams. Well, and this was posted <laughs> on December 21st. So this was what? Three weeks after the album was released two weeks People after. Liked it. So 40, almost 41 million streams in two weeks. And then it says 2000 track equivalent sales. So I guess that's people buying individual tracks and then it resulted in as, as if they bought 2000 albums. Oh goodness. Um, this is a pretty cool thing for her. She this album was the third highest debut all time by a female artist. Did really good. The only people in front were Taylor Swift and, oh gosh, I can't remember who the other one. I think, I want to say Adele, but I might be wrong. Uh, that would be believable. I mean, Taylor Swift makes sense for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Taylor Swift is hyper popular. Yeah, yeah, she's, she pumps out a lot of money makers, but um, Adele, I guess, would make sense. She might be slow to put out music, but I would guess that maybe like on her second album, that could have been a huge one. I don't know. Um, but still, to be the third highest, that, that means you're beating out like Ariana Grande. Right. Which, which that hurts my soul. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that uh, she's beating out like Whitney Houston. She's beating out Ella Fitzgerald. Let's yeah. go to our, our favorites. Well, and my assumption <laughs> about this, it, it didn't specify, but my assumption about this is that this is talking about the sales numbers. Cause obviously she, like her first album debuted number one. So it must not have sold as many as this one, even though it debuted higher is my guess. Uh, as far like the the ranking being higher must not have been as many total sales going on in the music world at that time, hmm. which would make sense around the holiday season because people listen to a crap ton of music because they're on vacation and whatever. Right. So I'm assuming that's what that means, but I might be wrong. In January of 2020, this album went gold, according to the RIAA. Yippee! Congrats so to you. yeah, that's pretty good. I th that's pretty impressive i mean in a month to go gold yeah that's awesome i will say the next thing uh i put on this on my list here is that the reviews for this album like as far as critic scores were not super high despite its commercial success that makes sense 
I, I agree with that. So like Metacritic, which I like Metacritic because it gives a composite score. So it takes different scores from different uh, different critics, different scoring systems, and it gives it a composite score out of all of that. They gave it a 71 out of 100. Which is a, that's a really good rating. I mean, it for one, this is her second album, and we all know with pop music that your second album is usually where you tank. And then your third album is like a big comeback. So the fact that this one wasn't like a three out of 10, that they were like, oh, this girl's trash. Who cares about her? She's so yesterday. That's a big deal. Like, that's awesome that even though I'll have my own rants about my issues with the album, because I like being critical of music, it's still awesome that it it did that well for her and that it wasn't like immediately the world turned on her and i mean maybe that is partially due to her relationship with sean mendez it would be sad if that were the case um for like the critics and their views um of not wanting to get on his bad side for whatever reason even though i definitely uh appreciate her more than him um well but, i don't think critics care whose bad side they're on i think it's no, the other way around the artist doesn't want to get on the critics bad side it's more so that the the critics, uh, the website that they might get money by, uh, doesn't want their critics to get on the bad side of certain people or things like that. So if it's a if it's a true white uh, oh, white knight, that's not what I want to say. A knight in shining armor a critic that is as honest as could be and really says what they think out there. Well, then good on you for getting that a uh, seven out of ten because that is probably higher than I I would personally put the album overall, although I do think that some of these songs on here are really cool. And um, and because of those moments in here that are like truly musically creative and like I would take inspiration for my own music sort of thing, I would say, okay, fine, you, you earned it for the sake of those alone. It's just there are some issues with the overall thing. Right. I would agree with that. So that's... That's basically the backstory of that album, as far as what we could tell. If you guys know more about that, let us know, because I think it's super interesting doing all this stuff and learning about these records and how they're recorded. I, I just think it's a lot of fun. So that that basically covers that album. I want to invite everybody that's listening, like if, if you're going to follow us, like please listen along. So we've got our Just a Basics pod, or Just a Basics podcast. That's what we're doing right now. Uh, we have our <laughs> playlist on Spotify. So I added this album to the playlist and I'm going to link it to the show notes on this and it'll be linked on our website as well. So you can click that, you can see the album on there or you can just look it up on your own. So listen to it from now until next week and uh, that way you can kind of see if you agree with us or disagree with us. You might think that we're way too harsh or not harsh enough i don't know but so next yeah. week we are going to do our side b we're going to flip it over go to the other side of the record and we're actually going to talk about the music which that's the part that we're super excited for and also remember like we can't play the music on this show so if you come in to listen to us talking about songs like it's not going to be like the movie podcast that you listen to where you're going to be able to pick up on the basic gist of it and just enjoy them making fun of it. Like it's not going to take a movie's length for you to go check out the album, click around a little bit, familiarize yourself with it. And if you do that, like 10 minutes of homework, then you'll at least understand a little 
of what we're talking about so that you can really laugh along when I get real mad about some moments in this album. <laughs> exactly. It'll be so much more enjoyable for everybody. And then you guys can actually give us really good feedback too and let us know. Uh, we do have some ways that you can contact us. So you can look us up on, on Instagram. Our Instagram will be linked below. I'm working on that. Or you can email us at, you can either do Tommy or Matt with one T at justabasics.com. Or if you forget that, you go to justabasics.com and there's a contact form on there you can fill out. I do have one more really cool thing I want to talk about before we go ahead and call it wraps for the day. So our really awesome intro music that you heard, at least I think it's really awesome because I wrote it. Um, <laughs> it's a tune that I would call Licking at the Chops. And we, I don't know if you noticed, but we opened it up for a little bit of a solo section in there. And we're going to have a way for you guys to be able to actually kind of play, play over it and send us your playings. And maybe we'll feature it on the show in one of our intros. Check out our website for that. That'll be on there. I'll have the chart on there as well as the a WAV file that you can download, record it in your favorite DAW, and send me back your uh, your WAV file of your instrument. And if it, if we like it, we'll go ahead and put it in here and give you a shout-out, tag you on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. Yeah, show me up. I'm the one that plays the solo on it, probably. Yeah, well, as long as you finish it. <laughs> yeah. Remember, guys, we're recording this before this is actually released. It's not done yet. It's almost but yeah, uh, I recorded a solo today, but it was to a track that had a metronome in it. So that was enjoyable. It sounded yeah. like I was playing to a clave. We're readjusting it. But anyways, we <laughs> we have one guy uh, that I sent it to that is I know already is going to be submitting us one. He's super excited about it. A uh, guy that we went to college with. So it'll be fun. We'll, we'll see how this goes, guys. So check us out next week at you know just the basics hit follow on spotify or subscribe on itunes or stitcher or tune in wherever it is that you are choosing to listen to your podcast at we will see you guys next week see ya